Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. We hope to enrich your life through reaching, serving, giving, and building. As you listen to this teaching, be inspired to fulfill your God-given destiny through the power of His Word. We have been in a series, I guess this is the third week, we've been in a series called First Things First. Everybody say first. We talk about what's most important, we put it at the top of the list. And uh, we kicked off this series talking, first of all, about the priority of prayer. And then if you were here last week, we talked about fasting. And if you notice the track that we're running on, basically we're identifying spiritual disciplines and uh, doing the fundamentals, but doing them with excellence. And uh, so today I want to talk to you about the power of God's Word. And so the title of the message today is simply this. Did you get my text? Come on, somebody. Did you get my text? You know, we talk about prayer and fasting, and nobody thinks you're weird when you say, I talk to God. Nobody thinks you're strange. You know, everybody prays. Hindus pray. Buddhists pray. Muslims pray. Congress prays. Nobody's going to think you're strange if you say, I talk to God. But they're going to think you're strange when you say, God talks to me. How many of you know we serve a talking God? We serve a father who wants us to know his heart. He wants us to know his mind, his thoughts for us, his purpose for us, his character and his nature. You know, if you're a parent, maybe some of you can identify with this. How many of you have a bedtime routine when you put your kids to bed? You tuck them in and say their prayers and speak words over them. And, you know, many of you know, Rachel and I, we have three kids, Eeny, Meeny, and Miney, and we ain't having no more. Uh, years ago, and we still, I don't care how big your kids get, you always pray over your kids. You're always going to try to tuck them in and just, just to affirm them. And I want my children to know my heart. I, I want them to know my thoughts and passion for them. And so I remember tucking the, the, the girls into bed. And this was years ago when they slept in the same bed. They, they, they kind of, you know, operated out of the same room. I mean, they're sisters. And so have you noticed, have you ever marveled at how you can have kids that, that live in the same house, they're taught the same values, they draw from the same gene pool and yet they're totally different. Have you ever marveled at that? You've seen something in one of your kids and you're thinking, hmm, you got that from your mama's side of the family. <laughs> and so I remember tucking the girls into bed and I got to one side of the bed and I just, I looked at my child, my oldest daughter, big brown eyes, and I said, baby, do you have any idea how much your daddy loves you? And she looked at me and, man, tears just coming down her cheeks. And it's one of those hallmark moments, you know, that you just want to hold on to forever. I didn't want it to end. And then I kind of walked around the other side of the bed, and I looked at my second daughter, beautiful blue eyes. I said, baby, do you have any idea how much your daddy loves you? She said, daddy, your breath stinks. (laughs) Come on, can I have an amen? We keep it real up in here today. But there's just something within the heart of a parent that you want your kids to know. I'm going to tell you this. God does not want to be a mystery. God wants to reveal his love for you and his purpose for you. Remember when you were young and you just begin to first discern and kind of learn what your parents are all about? 
How many of you remember that process of discovering your parents? You kind of make a read on them. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm starting to figure my parents out. Like, you know, you have a friend say, hey, listen, why don't you ask your mom if you can come over to my house? And you're like, no. They're like, well, what do you mean? You don't want to come to my house? Well, no, I do, but I know my mom, and right now is not a good time, so I'm not going to ask. Remember, you started to discover, you figure your parents out, or, you know, have you ever said, my dad, if he finds out, he's going to kill me? And your friends are like, what? How do you know? You're like, listen, I know. And like, you know, you kind of limped for two weeks because your dad almost killed you, you know? You kind of figure that out, or... You know, or, or sometimes you, if you want to do something really bad, you know which parent to talk to first. You know, you kind of play one against the other. Normally within a, a home, there's, there's kind of the one parent that's really a rule follower, pretty strict. And then there's other that's kind of a little more flexible, maybe a rule bender. And so if that's your mom, you go to mama first and you kind of work her over a little bit, kind of soften her up. And, you know, you do your chores and you let her know because you know that mama's going to talk to dad. And even though dad thinks he's the head, mom is the neck that turns the head. Yeah, and you, you just, you start to figure your parents out. Um, or, you know, you know if, if I get caught doing this, then I'm going to get in a little bit of trouble. But if I get caught doing that, I'm going to get kicked out of the house. Um, and so, you know, you begin to think about it. And, you know, even today when we were singing, God, you're a good, good father. You know, God wants us to relate to him as a father. And I want to tell you this. God is not simply the reflection of your earthly dad. He's the perfection of your earthly dad. He is everything you've ever wanted your dad to be and so much more. And God has gone to no lengths. He has stopped at nothing to show us who he is and to talk to us about his love for us. God does not want to remain a mystery. And so you know what the Bible is? The Bible is simply an invitation to know the thoughts and the minds, the mind and the nature of God. The Bible, what you have right here, and I hope you brought your Bible with you today. Today what I'm going to do is I'm going to run you all over the scriptures. We're going to look into the heart and mind of God. You know, the scripture tells us in John, and I love the gospel of John because it kind of mirrors Genesis. John says, in the beginning was the word, which sounds like the the story of creation. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life and that life was the light of men and the light shined in darkness and the darkness could never extinguish it. You know, there's, there's power in the scriptures. In fact, in, in John chapter 1, verse 14, I love how the Message Bible puts it. The Bible says it this way. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Come on, somebody. The word became flesh. God wrapped himself up in flesh. Jesus became the living word of God and moved into our neighborhood. How many of you need Jesus up in your hood? The presence of Jesus making a difference. We, we discover that and we learn that through the scriptures. And I love this book. How many love the Bible? There's no other book that does what this book does. I'm telling you, it has been the number one bestseller for decades. This is a, actually, we call it a book, but it's a collection of books. There are 66 books from Genesis to Revelation, 39 in the Old Testament, 27 in the New. 
And so it's a collection of books. It's a library, if you will. And, and the Bible was written by 40 different authors, 40 men over a history of a period of 1,500 years. I'm telling you, no other book does what this book does. You've got different authors. You've got different time periods. Some of the Bible is poetry. Some of it's history. Some of it's parable. But from one cover to the next, it all weaves together a simple story. It's a love story. It's the love of a creator for his creation. It's the love of a father for his children. Every single chapter, every single verse, God has inscribed in this book to let us know who he is and who we are in him. It's a love story. How many members fallen in love back in the day? How many married couples do we have in the house? You remember your love story? Oh, yeah, just lean into that spouse and just kind of say, hey, remember me? Oh, man, I was rehearsing kind of the, the beginning of Rachel and I when we first met. That girl was crazy about me. Man, she was trying to holler at me, man. I'm telling I was just trying to fo focus on Jesus and, you know, and, man, she's I'm a hunk of, hunk of burning love, you know. We, we, we fell in love back in uh, the early 90s, okay? So for all of you that are like 30 and under, maybe you're in your 20s right now, if you're a teenager, I'm going to tell you a, a portion of the world that's not going to make sense to you whatsoever. But we did not have cell phones. No internet. There was no internet back in the day. This was like, you know, this was maybe 1990, 91, circa 91, 92, uh, kind of that prehistoric day. And so it's not like we could text each other or FaceTime each other or Snapchat and none of that stuff. No Facebook Live. And we had a long-distance relationship for four years. Long distance. I was off at college. She was still in high school. And um, it was legal, though. It was all legal. Her daddy made me sign some documents. It's safe. It was good. And... Uh, so we would never see each other. I mean, weeks would go by, months would go by. And so the only way that we could communicate, now we did have landlines back in the day, but you know, Rachel, she was, her, her parents would not let her call boys. She was not allowed to call me and I couldn't afford to call her, you know? And so what we did, you know what we did? We actually wrote letters, write pen to paper, put it in an envelope, Put an address on that. There was a thing called stamps back in the day. I know some of you never heard of that. Put a stamp on Now, Rachel, now she would write some amazing love letters for real. I'm talking 15 page, 16. And I have every one of them. I got them all in a box. I really do. And she would spray every page with perfume. Baby, am I lying? I'm, I'm telling the truth. She's getting all nervous right now. Those are some great days. And she would spray every page with perfume. And then once she put that letter in the envelope, she would seal it with a kiss. There was like lipstick marks on it. So now I'm in college, okay? I would go to the P.O. box. And man, I was searching for that letter, baby. Woo! Man, I'd find that. I'd recognize that handwriting. Yep, there's that lipstick right there. And, Woo! and I'd go off and I'd be like, oh, man, I got this. Oh. My precious. <laughs> oh, man. Changed my world. Look, now, I, I couldn't see her, okay? 
But you know what? On every page of that letter, I began to know her heart. I couldn't see her face, but I knew her heart because it was written on every page. Hear me. Hear me, church. You may say, I can't see God, but you can know him because his love for you was written on every single page. Come on, if you believe that, put your hands together this morning. Ah, I love the word. Love the word. If you have your Bible, look at 2 Timothy 3. I want to read two verses that will really form the construction of our conversation today. Give us the framework of what we're talking about. The power of God's word. 2 Timothy 3, 16. The Bible says this. All scripture. Somebody say all. From cover to cover. All scripture. From Genesis to Revelation. All scripture is inspired by God and it's useful to teach us. To teach us what's true and to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Can I have a good amen for the reading of the word? I love this. I love the Bible. I love how God has not left anything to chance. But by divine design, he's given us a document. And from this document, we can know his heart and know the will and the purpose of God for our lives. We don't have to walk in confusion. The Bible says, and if you notice, and I'll break this down in in three different segments. The Bible says all scripture is inspired by God. If you're taking notes, write this word down. Number one, write down the word inspiration. Everybody say inspiration. All scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired in the Greek, it literally means God breathed, okay? So it's not just black words on white paper, but as as the spirit of God moved upon man, I'm gonna tell you what, you know that man didn't technically write this book. We said it has 40 different authors, but man was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to record the words of God. You know how I know that? Because man would have never written such bad things about himself, How many know that in this Bible, you see the depravity of man? You see embarrassing moments. You see how far we've fallen away from God. Man didn't author this. God did. Through his spirit, he moved upon men. The Bible says that that all scripture is inspired by God. It's literally God breathed. That word in the Greek means God breathed. The breath of God. And in my mind, I'm thinking about at the very beginning of time, whenever God said, let us make man in our image. The scripture says the worlds were framed by the very word of God. Isn't that amazing how God can speak and out of nothing comes something? That's power. And so God gathers some some dust of the earth and he constructs this this frame of a man. But this man is deactivated until the breath of God is blown into him. And that breath is life. And now all of a sudden, Adam has a spirit. He's got a purpose. He's got a destiny. Why? Because he's more than just flesh and bone, but he's got literally the breath of God inside of him. God's word is the same way. These words that we hold, this this scripture, we, we call it the holy word of God. But you know, God has breathed his message into this book and now out of it comes life. In fact, look at what the scripture says in Hebrews 4, 12. The Bible says the word of God is living. Everybody say living. There's life in it. It's active. It's it's living. It's powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
I'm telling you, these words are words of life. And God breathed into this living document and says, now I'm going to give you power because there's life and breath in this word. I'm going to tell you this. You owe it to yourself to read it for yourself. You owe it to the call of God on your life to know what's in this book. Some of you are like, well, you know what, Pastor, I, I don't even bring my Bible to church. You, I'm going to let you read it to me. In fact, you guys, you, you put the scriptures up on the screen. I don't even need it. I don't even bring my Bible. Can I tell you this? Bring your Bible to the house of God. You know, bring the scripture with you. You can follow along, you know, but you know what? If you don't read it for yourself, if you just depend on somebody else to read it to you, then you forfeit a huge opportunity to really learn and grow and personalize God's word for your life. I mean, do you, do you mark in your Bible? How many when you're reading something, you'll maybe circle it or you'll underline something? You got some highlighters. How many of you, you got highlighted things in different colors? Yeah, kind of that graffiti going on. And man, it's color-coded. And man, you're kind of artsy, creative. Man, things are kind of, you know, speaking to you. And so you want to mark that. I think that's you. Some people are like, oh. Pastor, did you say right in the Bible? Oh, I could never do that. It's God's holy word. You can't write in the Bible. I know some people who have so much respect for the Bible that they don't even read the Bible. <laughs> Come on now. Oh, it's, this is the holy word. It's on my coffee table. We don't touch it. Don't even look at it. No, no, no. You... You read the word, you study. Scripture says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourselves approved unto God. A workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, when you read your Bible, mark in your Bible. I'll tell you this, it's not how you mark your Bible, but it's how your Bible marks you. You see, when you mark the scriptures, then the scriptures begin to mark you. You know, one of the greatest privileges that I've had my, my grandfather, and I've told you his story, how he came to know Christ. He died at, at 93 years of age. And I had the privilege of preaching his funeral from his Bible, okay? And this Bible is fallen apart, okay? It was a, it was a, a Bible that was made in 1940, all right? And, uh, you know, they say that if your Bible's falling apart, it's usually an indication that your life is not. He was all over the scriptures, and he, he wrote things down. And, and I remember being able to, to pay tribute to the legacy of his life. And I'm reading out of his Bible, and he's marked it up one side and down the other. I knew the priorities of my grandfather because of the markings in this book. And as he marked this Bible, this Bible began to mark him. You know, I've got a friend, a close friend of mine, and he's got four kids. And every year he goes through the one-year Bible, and he personalizes that Bible for the whole purpose of eventually when his kids become of age, he'll give that Bible to his daughter. He'll give that Bible to his son. And he wants to do this for each one of his kids. And imagine the power of not only knowing the word of God, but then your earthly father or your earthly mother and their heart for you in that. I just think, you know, there's inspiration. The scripture says that God's word is inspiring. It brings your life to another level. We live in a world that tries to drag us down, but the word of God has life in it. It's spirit and it's life. Check out what Jesus said in John 6, 63. He said this, the spirit alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing, but the very words I've spoken to you, they are spirit and they are life. 
Do you know that means these words are not just full of the life of heaven, but the spirit of almighty God. And the more we can get this word in us, the more of God's spirit we have available to us and the life. It's almost like oxygen to our soul. Have you ever been discouraged and you got in the scriptures and God spoke to you something and you know it was just for you, but it brought your life to another level? That's the inspiration of God's word. You know, as you begin to read the Bible, you'll be surprised at what's in the Bible and what's not in the Bible. Sometimes we get confused. Sometimes we think, oh, man, there's some some things in the Bible. Let me ask you this question. Finish this uh, statement for me. Cleanliness is next to godliness. Yeah. How many of you, your mama quoted that verse to you? Cleanliness is next to godliness. Guess what? That's not in the Bible. It's not. Mama had her own translation of the Bible, didn't she? Or what about this? God helps those who? That's not in there either. (laughs) Chapter and verse, it's not. Now, it sounds good. Now, in principle, I get it. You know, we do our part. God does his part. I understand the principle of personal responsibility, but sometimes we think things are in the Bible and they're really not. My mama used to quote this verse. She'd say, the blueness of a wound drives away evil. Boy, if you don't act right, I'm beat you black and blue. I'm going to drive that devil out. I'm like, mama, that's not in the Bible. Oh, yes, it is. Proverbs 20, verse 30. Read it. It's in there. But, you know, if you don't know what's in the word of God, watch this. If you don't know the word of God, you can't experience the power of God. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 22. Look at what he says in verse 29. Jesus replied, your mistake is this. Or one translation says, this is your problem. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's your problem? (laughs) Jesus is going to tell us, hey, here's your problem. You don't even know the scriptures. And so you don't know the power of God. Oh, can I tell you? If we know the word of God, we can walk in the power of God. But if we don't know what God's word says, then we forfeit the power that comes with it. Are you with me? You say, but pastor, I've tried to read the Bible and it's just so hard. It is hard. It's just, it's hard book. It's hard to understand. I tried to read it. It's just so hard, hard, hard. Can I tell you what hard is making dumb decisions in your twenties? And having to live in the consequences of that in your 30s and 40s. How many know that's hard? You know what hard is? Hard is not marrying the right person. Or not acting right in the marriage that God's given you. That's hard. You know what hard is? Hard is not raising kids in a godly home. And they grow up dysfunctional and rebellious and broken. That's hard. But if we'll make the discipline to prioritize his word, I'm telling you, there is inspiration in the scriptures. This year, I pray that God would give you an appetite to read his word, to know his word, and to grow in his word. Can I have a good amen? Inspiration. I'll tell you this, our ignorance of God's word is the number one tool that the enemy will use against us. It's, it's the word that we don't know, that he leverages. Against. And when Jesus was in the wilderness, attacked by the devil, when he was tempted by the enemy, how did Jesus defend himself? It is written.
Can I tell you, there is protection in the word of God. When you know the word of God, you can take that sword of the spirit and you can slice and dice the devil and cut him down to size. Bring him down to the level that I'm telling you what, Jesus and God are not on the same playing field. Are you with me? God. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, infinitely bigger, infinitely stronger. Don't let the enemy make you feel like a smurf. Come on, somebody. You get the word of God in you, man, God begins to inspire some things in your life. You grow at a whole nother level. All scripture is inspired by God. Now, look at what it says here. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what's right. Number one, it's inspiration. But number two, it's transformation. Everybody say transformation. Bible teaches us and corrects us, teaches and corrects. There is power in the word of God through instruction. I want you to know God's word works. It works. When God brings correction, God will bring some adjustment. You know, God will show us some things about ourselves. James says that the word of God is like a mirror and we look into it. And by that, we we see a reflection. God's word has the way of bringing an alignment to us. If there's some things that are out of alignment or some things that we need to change, God's word will show us that. In fact, I, I thought about this example. You know, when I was younger, when I was a kid, my teeth were all over the place. I mean, I, I had a 12 millimeter overbite. Now, let me put that in perspective. The normal overbite is a two. I was a 12. I could eat corn on the cob through a picket fence. I mean, it was bad. People see my teeth before they saw me, you know. I mean, they called me chopper back in the day. You know, teeth is everywhere, crooked and bent and twisted. I didn't get braces until I was 26 years old. I walked into the orthodontist office and his eye. Oh, this is going to be fun. Sit down right here. You know, they had to pull six teeth, six teeth, just to create room to start maneuvering and adjusting my mouth. Crazy. It's amazing. And, and, you know, I had to wear braces for four years. I remember going to the orthodontist, and there's some days they would crank those braces. Have you ever worn braces? And, you know, man, it just, it, there's some days that are painful. Bring tears to your eyes. Oh, I couldn't eat anything but soup and mashed potatoes. And, man, I, did, I had to take ibuprofen. Oh, my mouth just ached. You know, it's funny because the other day I was at Walmart, and I was checking out some, some items, and, and the lady behind the counter, she looked at me, and she said, Oh, you've got such beautiful teeth. I said, baby, you may see the glory, but you don't know the story. (laughs) She had no idea. Just, I mean, but braces, think about this. Braces will put pressure on areas of your, your mouth that are out of alignment. The word of God is the same way. It corrects us. Sometimes there are things in our life that are maybe misplaced. Or maybe, you know, we ain't acting right in some areas. And so we'll read the scripture and it's like, God putting pressure on that area of my life. What's he trying to do? He's trying to bring alignment. He's trying to bring formation. There's this word called transformation, which is a beautiful word. We long for change. God, I'm just believing that what's in my future is even greater than what was in my past. Well, we've got to embrace the scriptures. I want you to know your flesh does not want to act right. It's getting quiet in here. 
Sometimes we'll read a verse and be like, ooh, ah, and that's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And he's talking to us about areas of our life. Maybe it's our relationships. Maybe it's the things that we watch on TV. Maybe it's how we're spending our time or the people that we're hanging out with. And we'll read a scripture and God will be talking to us. And it's like braces on our teeth. God's trying to bring some alignment here. Your flesh doesn't want to be kind. Your flesh doesn't want to be generous. Your flesh doesn't want to be unselfish. I was talking to a a parent the other day and they said, you know, I told my kids to hug and to make up. One of them hugged. The other hugged back harder. Now I'm breaking up a hug fight. (laughs) Isn't that our flesh? How many of you know your flesh is in direct opposition to the spirit? But Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. So the life that you've always wanted, you're going to find in this book right here. You say, but Mike, what, 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 I, I want to I read. I want to be inspired. I, I just need help. I, I, I want to encourage you today because we have some tremendous resources in our cafe and in our bookstore. Some of you today, before you leave, you need to stop by the bookstore and you need to look at some of these resources. We've got this, this book called Sparkling Gems. It's got Greek word studies and, and it gives you a, a devotional. It takes a, uh, portions of the scripture and gives you a thought and lets you dig a little bit deeper in the word. We've got a book called How to Read the Bible for All That It's Worth. Our, our, our Bible college students, it's teaching them to understand what the scriptures are saying and how to study. We've got prayer journals. Uh, I think all of these are great tools. In fact, if you go to our website or even on our app, we have so many online resources that are available to you. Well, one of the things we teach our students is the SOAP method. Okay, I, I, I know I need to read the Bible. I want change in my life, but how does this work? S-O-A-P. S stands for scripture. You start with the scripture. Let me read the word. And then O stands for observation. Well, what is it that you notice in that verse that you just read? Scripture, observation. A stands for application. How can I apply this to my life? What areas of my life do I need to adjust based on this observation? And then the P stands for prayer. Lord, I'm praying this verse would come alive in me and let it instruct me, let it guide me, let it transform me. Are you with me? Something as simple as the SOAP method. There are all kinds of resources that are available. I want you to make yourself available to those resources. This year, you can grow in God through his word like never before. How many has ever had surgery before? How many of you know it's a bad deal when you're being wheeled back into that surgical room and you hear that doctor say, oh, man, I know I studied this somewhere in medical school. <laughs> Where? Oh, I just can What ch- is that chapter three, chapter four? How many of you, you want that surgeon to have working knowledge at his fingertips? Oh, yes, you do. You know what? We don't have to go through life. It's like, oh, okay, God, I just need a word. What is that word? Woe, I say unto you, you enemies of the Lord. <laughs> oh, I need a different word, God. I need a different. You, know, you, you don't have to eeny, meeny, miny, mo. There's a plan. There's a purpose. There's a study regimen. You can get God's word in you. Everybody say inspiration. And God can bring change in your life. Everybody say transformation. All scripture is inspired by God. It corrects us when we're wrong. It teaches us to do what's right. The word of God works. 
In fact, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, the Bible says this, the word of God effectually works also in those who believe. Isaiah 55 verse 11, the scripture says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void, but it will accomplish that which I've purposed and will prosper where into the thing that I send it. Joshua 1.8, the Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein both day and night to observe, to do according to all that is written therein. Then you'll make your way prosperous and then you'll have good success. Somebody say, God's word works. Oh, it works. Inspiration, transformation, and then I want you to write down this third word, the last word. Ask the band to come up. Write down the word preparation. Everybody say preparation. God uses his word to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. He says, there's something that I want you to do. There's a work that I have for you to walk in, and I'm going to use my word to get you ready. God's word prepares us. I know sometimes we have moments and seasons in our life where we feel totally unprepared. But my heart for you this year is that you would know God's word through inspiration. God's word would bring transformation, but ultimately there would be preparation. You're ready. You are ready. God's got you ready. When, when I was the missions pastor years ago, and I had the privilege of representing your heart in a lot of different places around the world, and it was a beautiful, amazing thing to see how God moved cross-culturally. You know, sometimes we would go to places of just extreme poverty. And we would go with the gospel message of hope. And I, I always seem to, you know, those, those missions endeavors, you go to be a blessing and to serve and to give, but I always felt like that I, I got back more than anything I'd ever given up. You know, I came back changed. And, uh, and I can remember, what, of course, when the kids were small and, and uh, you know, we would take trips. Sometimes we would be gone a week, two weeks. One time I was gone three weeks. And we'd spent time in India and Sri Lanka. And uh, I would call in from time to time just to check on Rachel and the kids. Hey, how you doing? What's going on? You know, how, how was your day? And um, I remember one time being in India. And uh, we were just getting started. It was 8 o'clock in the morning. I thought, well, man, let me, let me check in on Rachel and the kids and see how they are. So I'd call in. Rachel would pe- put me on speakerphone. And the kids would, hey, Dad. Hey, Dad, where are you? Where are you? I'm like, oh, I'm in Mumbai. I'm in Mumbai, India. Really? What's it like? And so, man, I'm, you know, I'm trying to give them a visual of what I'm seeing. Whoa, whoa, Daddy, what time is it over there? I'm like, oh, it's, it's 8 o'clock in the morning. Really? I mean, you mean that the sun is shining where you are? I was like, yeah, it's 8 a.m. What day is it? It's Thursday, Thursday morning. <gasps> For real? Dad, guess what day it is over here? I said, I don't know. Tell me. It's Wednesday. Really? What time is it? Well, it's 8 o'clock at night. We're, we're all getting ready for bed. Do you mean to tell me you're in tomorrow? I was like, Yeah. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm in tomorrow. It's the next day over here in India. Dad, that's so cool. Well, can you tell us what's going to happen tomorrow? <laughs> it was the best. You know, it was, it was awesome. Like, 
Yes, I can. I started prophesying about what their tomorrow will be. Listen, kids, you're going to wake up and go to school. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to listen to that teacher and learn. Oh, and you're going to make great grades tomorrow. It's going to be amazing. And when you get home, you're going to pick up after yourself. Mama's not going to have to fuss at you. Y'all going to get along with each other. And Rachel's like, amen, amen. I'm prophesying over there tomorrow, and Rachel's confirming it. And they were just blown away. Man, that's so cool. You're in tomorrow, and you're telling us what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're in today. And you know, you grow older, and as God's children, I want you to know this. Your heavenly Father is not restricted by time. He's in your tomorrow. He holds your tomorrow. And he's arranged your tomorrow. Now, he's got, he's got to get you ready today. Okay, this is where preparation comes in. God's trying to prepare you today because he holds your tomorrow. The word of God is about instruction and preparation for what tomorrow holds. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. You don't have to be paralyzed in fear today because of the unknowns of tomorrow. Your father is in that tomorrow. And he's saying, I'm speaking some things over you. I've given you my word. I'm going to tell you how this thing will roll out. Now, if you'll speak over you today, what I'm speaking over you, then that tomorrow that I've arranged is a tomorrow that you'll walk in. Come on. Do you believe that? You've got to say, you've got to say over your today what God does. You see, there's a seed for every need that you have. And God's word is that seed. You've got to speak that word to create. Come on now, are you with me? You speak God's word over your life. And all the promises of tomorrow, you'll step into and you'll realize that in your today. You know, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, and I'm fascinated by this particular passage in Luke chapter 1, but Mary she's pregnant with Jesus. She's speaking to her cousin Elizabeth, who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And they're just like, they're talking all over each other. Two pregnant women and they're comparing and sharing stories and just so excited. And Elizabeth says something to her cousin. And I read it the other day and it shook me. Elizabeth said, Mary, you are blessed because you have believed that God would do everything he said he would. Let me tell you why you're blessed, Mary, because God said it and you believed it. Remember when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said, you're going to get pregnant and you're going to give birth. Now, in the natural, that was impossible. She'd never been with a man, but yet now she's going she's gonna to be pregnant and give birth to the Christ child. She, the, the angel said, you will call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. She said, how can this be? She didn't know, but the angel said, the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of God will overshadow you. And you know what Mary said? Be it unto me according to your word. In other words, what did she speak over her impossibility? She spoke the word of God. And I don't know what situation you're walking in today, but if you want your tomorrow the way God has arranged your tomorrow, you speak his words today. And that word will prepare you. Come on, somebody. That word will equip you and you'll walk in the full. You are blessed because you have believed. 
Thank you for listening. For more information about Healing Place Church, go to healingplacechurch.org or give us a call at 225-753-2273.